0: Support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for That's Craig it. Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the
1: treble. coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. Welcome back to the Borough Breakdown Podcast, the season review show with Johnny, Dana and Tom. We are the Borough Podcast that gives you the ins, and outs, the ups, the downs of Middlesbrough Football Club. And, well, Borough wrapped up the championship campaign with a 3-0 defeat at home to relegated Wickham Wanderers, seeing Borough finish 10th in the championship table dinner. I want to kick things off with you. Um, Neil Warnock said in his post-match press conference that... He didn't want to get too downbeat about the result yesterday, but how much of a disappointing display was it?
2: Yeah, it was a disappointing display. and I I was a little bit annoyed with what Neil Warnock said after the game because for him to come out and say that he doesn't think the fans will be too bothered about that game is such a swing and a miss of a statement because all I saw on social media, be it Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, even the forums as well, was criticism and heavy criticism and quite rightly so because we were absolutely dire yesterday from start to finish and then you know for him to come out and say that 10th is a is a fabulous finish because we didn't really have a striker we did you signed him
1: and he never played him well i'll come on i'll come on the (laughs) trooper in in, in a second and also he let go of of brit and fletcher as well um but tom Borden actually register a shot on target yesterday um, against the side that has the second worst defence in the league, conceding 69 goals all season. Only Huddersfield have conceded more of 71 um, and they appreciate they did lose 7-0 to Norwich a few weeks back, obviously pushing that up. Um, but did it really magnify Borough's weaknesses yesterday?
0: Yeah, it was awful, wasn't it? Like, it, it never looked like we had had a plan going forwards. Um, well, a, a plan B because uh, our, our plan seemed to be to just pump it forwards to Yannick and, and what more and then wonder why the, they weren't able to do anything with it but it didn't, it was like the definition of insanity, we just kept trying the same thing over and over again and it just wasn't working and you know, Wickham defended against it well um, you know, their centre-halves like, we're cutting out crosses like every time I looked up from from switching between the, the derby game on my phone to the, to the match it was like oh we just had another cross cut out like that seemed to be our only uh our only option going forwards and it just wasn't working
1: well the crossing that you mentioned the crossing <clears throat> and we'll come on to that a little bit later on because we've got a nice little trend around that from from this season and why maybe crossing probably isn't the best way to go for, for Borough this year but then uh, um, on his post-match press conference you, you mentioned it there uh, Warnock mentioned that Borough having a striker all season and I'll, I'll throw some stats your way um 30 games for Duncan Watmore, scored nine goals with one assist. Tuba um, had five goals and two assists from 38 games. Britt had just had five goals, no assists. And Fletcher had two goals and one assist from the 12 games. If you want to put Corburn in there as well, he scored one in, in, in three games. But the strikers are there. In comparison to what we want to say, Ivan Tony, who scored 31 goals. You've got uh, uh, Armstrong there, Blackburn, who scored 28 goals this season. Do you think um, Warnock's been a, a bit harsh saying that he didn't have a striker? He, he did sign one, of course. You know, he let the other two, the other two go. I appreciate sure because they're out of contracts, but we did have strikers there, but a bit harsh, what were you saying?
2: Yeah, I, I must admit, I'm a bit sick of managers trying to pull ball over the fans' eyes and trying to take us as mugs, really. I mean, Neil Warnock has had the strikers. He's just not been able to get a tune out of them. And funnily enough... Um, when I tweeted about Famara Jeju and everyone started dragging me on Twitter about it, um, everyone was saying, well, trust Neil Warnock. But over the last, I think, 12 or 13 years, he's had three strikers that have hit um, double figures. Callum Patterson, Kenneth Sahar, Luciano Becchio Leeds. So he's not got a great track record with strikers. So for him to sort of try to, to put all the blame on, on them, I think is unfair. Um, we don't play to a certain way that would get the best out of them. Um, and it's it's difficult because they're not target men. They're, they're men that, that, you know, they're strikers that want to get the ball played in behind and they want the ball to feet and, you know, they want to play on the shoulder. And we're pinging balls forward into the channels. It's just not the style of play that I think is, is right for those types of players. And, um, yeah, he can come out and say that he hasn't had a striker all he wants. He has. He signed one. So... You know, it well, he was his first choice, apparently, or number one choice. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit tired of hearing those sound bites from managers. If I'm honest,
1: it's interesting as well because um, he, he did say that, oh, I'm not going to watch. I'm no longer going to sign a player that I've no longer, I, I haven't seen in person. Um, and obviously, him yeah, in that recruitment team for you know so the sign of Tuba. Well, if Tuba wasn't the right fit, then why did you bring him in? Um, you know, you you did have Britton Fletcher there of course and yeah, they are out of contract, but you could always revisit it in the in the in the January if we needed to. We also brought in Duncan Watmore there. We didn't have to probably bring and if we didn't want to. We paid two million pounds for him and then to slag him off for not fitting your system when you've bought him. It's a bit a bit confusing and we'll come on to the, the, the striker's strengths, Tom. Um the Dana alluded to it there, the, the the stats there around nine goals for Duncan Watmore and um, being Boris's top goal scorer this season. Um did we play to the strengths at all?
0: No, not not particularly. I think you, you have to look at um the free strikers that we had and what we tried to to do. Britt, I think, since Pulis has got better at being kind of the hold up striker, because he's kind of been forced to, but it's still not his strength. Like his strength was the same as kind of Jordan Rhodes, his poacher in in the box. Ashley Fletcher again uh, improved since we bought him. Um, started kind of being a more physical presence up front. Who had a, quite a bit of pace uh, about him as well, and we didn't really use that. Chuba obviously we didn't use that. And then what more? Yeah. Even though he's our top scorer, he hasn't been playing striker for like a lot, a lot of the season. Like fair enough, he has been in the probably in the last few matches, but he, there has been games where he's been playing winger and. and uh, and stuff, because you wouldn't all remember that um uh well, goal of goal of the month. I don't know if it was goal of the season where he you know channelled his in a messy and took everyone on and curled one into the far corner. Um you know he he's created chances for himself um rather than the other three strikers where they've had to rely on the midfield or wingers to create chances for them that that never come because like we've said time and time again on here. They're just not tall enough to win the crosses that or or long balls forward that are, are being put in, and then we won't. Then our players are like wondering why we're not creating anything. So no, I, I don't think we're we're uh, playing to anyone's strengths at all at the moment. So I think it just kind of shows what we need to do in in the summer. Um, we we need players. I mean, I know we were in for Keith and We were at the start of the year. I do think in this team he probably would have got. In, in, in a double digits for um, for goals purely based on his form this season and the type of play we've tried to play, um, it's just w- what we were trying to do didn't suit any of the strikers at the club. Well, what would be the the, the best way to play to these forwards then? Because it, it's all
1: well and good saying that we're not well, we're not playing the strengths, the long balls. And I agree, I've got to start with the long balls and uh, it coming up next. But well, I can tell you now, Borough we, we're in the top five. Uh, teams with the most long balls this season we played over a thousand crosses this year um, and we don't really have much to show for it the, the, with that in mind what with have playing the amount of long balls the way they do do you think that's help or hindering the side
0: then also what do you think we should do to to play at those strands, probably hindering, because um, cause like Dennis said uh, before, like we're we're trying to play long balls into the channels and there's there's never anyone there, or we're playing crosses into the box and then wondering why our strikers who aren't prolific from the air aren't winning these headers and, and putting them in. I'd be interested to see, like I mean, it's a hypothetical, but Brett Fletcher and Akpom, I'd be interested to see how many goals they would have got in the team that went up, uh, you know, five years ago the other day because um, there were a lot of um goals in in that season where it was kind of like you know slid in through balls to to the strikers on on a plate really and yeah. e- even in the playoff season so I'd be interested to kind of see uh hypothetically how many goals they'd have got in that system um but it, I think it's clear that in this system it just wasn't ever gonna work for them yeah I, I don't think it was gonna work gonna work for them and I
1: think it comes down to a couple of things you know I appreciate. We will not play to their strengths, and then also were the players doing enough to get into those positions to to try and get the end of the crosses? You know what I mean? I think we said on the we said all on the whole season that Borough Strikers don't gamble; they don't they're not proactive in the box. It's very static, and um, they're not willing to to put the head where it hurts, and and that can be quite frustrating as, as a fan, but also for Borough, we have we we do need to try and give these players. All the tools to succeed, and I don't think we did enough for that. But Dana, um, I just want to hear your opinion on it. What do you think the the long balls really do hinder this side, given that given that Warnock's main style is long ball football, defensive, yeah. counter attack?
2: It does, yeah. I mean, we, we just don't, we haven't had the strikers for it, and yeah, I understand. Obviously, you went in for Kiefer Murray, he went in for Yaya Snogle. I think we've been in with Robert Glatzel, <laughs> all those players, and then we brought. Pomin, who I think in a better system, in a in a system that suits him more, he, we could get more out of him, but the, the way that we play, it just doesn't suit the players that we have. And I think, just from an outsider's perspective, if you've got those options, surely you should assess those options and try to play to the strengths of them, rather than to just sort of keep your style of play and fit players around that. Because... We I mean for Duncan Watmore to come in and to outscore all the players that were there several months before him. I mean it's good for Watmore, but what does that say about the, the you know, the strikers, the rest of the team? It's it's not it's not solely on them, um, but it's something that needs to be addressed and we need to bring in the right options in the summer.
1: Yeah, well we have to address it and we'll come out a little, little bit later on, but in terms of the crossing side of things, we've got a good a got a little stat we've pulled. So um in, in crossing the box, so in those games, statistically, Borough crossed the ball into the box more than they did uh, when they actually won. So 11 of our 18 wins this year were when we crossed the ball 18 times or less. Um, more than that, <laughs> we lost. <laughs> um, so 11, 11 of our wins this season, so 11 or 18 wins this season, have all came from games where we haven't been crossing the ball into the box. So it comes back to that question. Why are we still crossing the ball in the box when it's not really our strength? you know what I mean? So it's, mm. it's, it's an interesting route that we're going down. Um, but how would you assess the Borough's forward play Dana, um in in those games? Because we've kind of shown there the wins, have, when, the wins have happened where we haven't really crossed it. But can they do more?
2: Yeah, we're just too predictable. I think when we get the ball out wide sometimes the deliveries are good it's a mixture of like you said and like we said on the podcast all season the lack of movement the lack of gambling f- you know following up parried shots I mean when Chew Brackham did that against Barnsley everyone was losing their minds because it just never happens does it you never see a, a Boris striker follow-up on a parried shot and score from it um but I think also the type of crosses is is quite important as well um against Rotherham We had a lot of luck from those low balls cut back and I can only assume that we did that because we had a man advantage because we weren't doing that before Matt Crooks got sent off and we haven't done it since really. So it's probably, it's like, I think it's a type of crosses as well as a, a lack of gambling um, in the box. But we, we we are, we're just predictable, we're too predictable, which is why I think teams let us cross, because we don't have a Charlie Wyke and Aidan McGee partnership, for example. Um, obviously, we've been linked with Wyke, who's scored a lot of headed goals in the League One this season. We don't have that type of player.
1: Mm. It's interesting you're saying that teams allow us to cross. So these crosses have all came from when Middlesbrough went behind in, in games. And Dana um before i move on to more of middlesbrough's possession style and how that trend filters in in borough's defeats this season Um uh, borough went behind i think it was for the 26th time if you have to fact check me there is that is that right that is right yeah. 26th time so borough went behind for the 26th time in the 40 46 games um why do you think then that borough had all of these slow starts and kept going behind in games
2: it screams to me a lack of authority in the team. and you, you spot on there, 26 times we've we've conceded the first goal. Out of those 26 games, we've lost 17 of them. And to delve a little bit deeper into Borough's slow start, only Bristol City have conceded more goals in the first 15 minutes than us. They've conceded 12, we've conceded 10 in the first quarter of a game. And I think it just shows a lack of leadership. I mean, we put a tweet out this week, last week or something, uh, say, or asking... Um, what do you like about this borough team? And a few people came back and commented, "Well, the, the togetherness." But I don't see it. I don't see it in the team, and I don't know whether it's because the standards are quite high from the Ithaca Ranga days, where I think that's when we did have the the, the togetherness, and you, you could never knock that. Um, but I think we do have a lack of uh, a lack of leaders. I don't think the team are quite a unit yet. I mean, we've still got a lot of uh, gaps to be to be plugged. Um, and if the team were together, they'd have a leader. They'd they'd have um, the authority, and I don't think we'd be having these slow starts. So I think I think it's the the lack of leaders that I personally think has contributed to Boris slow starts this season.
1: Would you say motivations one?
2: Potentially, but I mean, surely is, is
1: Warnock getting enough out the team? I
2: don't I don't know. I mean, surely you would think that Neil Warnock would, but that's a massive, it's been a massive problem uh, whereas this season, this, the starts that we've had. Um I think there's been multiple times this season where Warnock's come out in the press and said that we'll try to sort of almost blame the players, but surely he has to look at himself as well. If he's not getting a tune out the strikers, for example, if we still have this problem and this reoccurring trend of, conceding see the first goal, you know, you, you, you're right to ask the question, is it down to motivation? And that's why I think, we don't have a so-called team yet. I just, you know, we're not a million miles away. I'm not saying the players hate each other or anything, but I just don't think that we have a, a unit.
1: I think there's a nucleus there, though. I yeah, mean, I, I think, I agree I think with the that, nucleus yeah. is there. It's just building on top of that. And I think we do need eight or nine signings to probably put that right. Um, but in terms of the slow starts, Tom, do you think there is there anything more to it? You know, motivation... Can is would is Warnock's tactics wrong? Is, is, is he too reactionary? Is he not getting the that first half an hour right? And I appreciate football it is a very unpredictable game. Anything can happen. But in terms of style, uh, tactically, is he getting it right in, in those games or was he getting it right that, this season?
0: I think we, we touched on it last week and I, I think my opinion on it is still the the same, that um, we're not raring to go as, as soon as we, we get out. I think tactically... You know, there's nothing kind of too wrong with with how we we're, we're set up. Um, you know, we've got the players in the right positions there to to prevent people scoring in the first fifteen minutes. But I think it just comes down to to motivation and and people not being kind of uh, ready to go as soon as they step out onto the pitch.
1: Yeah, I think I think you are right. If not, we're raring to go. Um go. But we'll, I'll I want to mainly focus on the. On the formation element and appreciate formation, it, it it does help of course. And but the way that borough would switch from a three at the back, where they look very comfortable and they were able to dictate the play, they were able to find angles. So when we were playing that long ball, you know we were able to create when we were playing across the three, the the centre half would be able to create an angle, play that direct directional direct. I can't say the word. What's it called? Uh, diagonal, diagonal ball. Diagonal <laughs> ball. Um, Across, and we were able to, you know, create chances and get the second ball and, and become quite resilient going forward. And it was where Mills were, were quite were quite positive at the start of the season. You know, we I mean, after that first twenty three games, I think we picked up thirty six points and we look fairly solid. We're touch, we're in touch and distance of the playoffs. And you know, we look, we I think we conceded fifteen goals at that time as well, and we looked really balanced. But then we switched to a four. And then, then that's where the problem started to, to to lie for Borough and I feel like it's why the, the slump the so-called slump in the in, in the second half of the season really started to to, to come in. But another trend that I, I found from, from Borough this season, and we spoke about it previously, but it was when we get to when we when we lose games and Middlesbrough's uh, have lost thirteen out of eighteen games is when they had more possession of the ball appreciate when we have lost games, Uh, when we had lesser possession, it was against the likes of Swansea, it was the likes of uh, Brentford, it was against teams that we we kind of knew we wouldn't have the majority of the ball. Um, But it's quite clear, um, we went behind uh, in 12 of those 13 defeats as well, so is it a clear tactic from the teams, Tom, that give Borough the ball when the opposition are ahead because they're not going to break us down?
0: Yeah, because we, we always revert back to the same strategy every time of trying to get it out wide and cross it in. The amount of games this season, like I, I can't remember the the exact amount, but it's like, we'll go behind, then we'll start crossing in, and you know, they'll all just crowd the box with their massive centre-backs and cut it out, and they seem very comfortable in doing that, but it's it's something we revert back to every time and it, it never really works so i i can't really blame the other teams for kind of figuring that out and exploiting it because it's just like like we've said before it's it's too predictable what we're going to do do you think we just lack that that play can take
1: a game by scuff for the neck and create those runs like Gaston romero which was a perfect example under the promotion season yeah we were we were up on we we're up, we we're up there teams would come come to riverside and sit and with the, to be fair, I'm not surprised a lot more teams did it now, but I don't think our quality is there yet to, for teams to do that. Um, but with Gaston Ramirez, he was able to, of kneel in a haystack, wasn't he, and able to create a chance out of nothing. But do you think Borough, Sevilla lack that? Yeah. Hence why the the crossing not wide.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what we tried to address in, in January with the signings of uh, Cabano and, and Balassie. Um, not that I think they've not been great for us because I think they have had flashes of of brilliance and, you know, we've said before, I'd love to see Bilassi back next season. Don't think there's any chance of getting Cabano back. Um, if there is, hopefully you can get on Spencer's scooter and get up from, from London to join us. But. <laughs> I
2: can't believe that.
1: <laughs> I kind of want to know what type of scooter is it. Is it one of those ones where it's like a... Uh... Is it a
0: mobility? Like what type of? Nah, in, more, in my like, mind, more- it's one of them like trick ones. You know when people go up, up and down the are <laughs> pipes and do flips yes. and stuff. Yeah,
1: I don't know. Can you imagine? Jed Spence actually had a mobility scooter or something. He just he was just taking a train every day because he couldn't be bothered to drive. <laughs> didn't um oh. didn't uh Triore used to have one? He did, yeah. yeah. I did yeah? I remember? Uh, it was. He did t- he? T- Oh, yeah, he
2: did. Yeah. There's a photo of him, isn't there?
1: Yeah. Yeah. See that? I mean, shout out to Jed for getting the scooter. But I mean. <laughs> it's uh i mean such a strange injury to have isn't it i feel like someone's telling a bit of a white lie but then again though like <laughs> why even bring why even bring jed spencer into that equation you know what i mean like you could have said oh yeah he, he had a hamstring strain that that was it so he couldn't play you don't you don't have to say oh yeah well actually he fell off a scooter um it was actually jed spencer's by the way <laughs> just to put a bit more fuel on jed spencer's fire at the minute fans you know what i mean?
2: want to see that cctv footage
1: yeah, so do I. I feel like Mills wish for release it, shouldn't they? Yeah, it's I on you should. being framed next week. <laughs> well, we need the cash to fund our... Uh, <laughs> to fund our How much do they so- give on you being framed again? Is uh, it like 25
2: two, quid? 250 quid. Is it? Oh, 25. I'm going to fall off your chair and see if we can <laughs> yes, get 250 well. quid. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, but in, ter- in terms of uh, the crossing and stuff like that, Tom, I, I, I agree with you. We We don't have the quality there. Teams are happy to sit in. Uh, because they know fine well that we're not gonna create a clear cut chance uh, we're not playing at all our strengths and it's very Neil warnock esque to, to play the long ball and try and win the second ball. But when you knock when you get the ball in the mixer like that, you know, you, you you expect something to drop, don't you? Hence why a lot of teams tend to cross and go more direct when they go behind. Um but the problem we've got there is we don't since we're not gambling, we're not trying to pick up those second balls, it's just and the crossing's relatively quite poor. It's getting headed out, reset, Borough launched the ball forward again comes back, and then we won't create a clear-cut chance. And I think that's where it's been really frustrating for Borough this year. But then we've got another trend um, before moving, that post-Christmas slump. And it was from Dave McNally, who who sent us it. And he said, what do the bottom seven teams have in common? We've lost against all of them. Uh, Who was the only team we did the double over? And it was Coventry City. Um, So what does Warnock need to do to get consistency next year, Dana?" Um, well, to be fair, it's quite clear why you didn't get the playoffs. Because I mean, you've lost against, <laughs> you've lost against those seventeens, but carry on.
2: Yeah, I mean, he needs to. He needs to fill the squad out. He needs to get that leadership um, again. I think the the lack of consistency can probably go down to a lack of authority in the team because. I genuinely don't think that if we had, and I I always say this on the podcast, but because Grant Ledbet was such an exemplary leader, um, he's really set a standard, hasn't he? And even despite the fact that I think his legs were going, and obviously he's since dropped down in division, albeit, yeah, he went to Sunderland, it was always going to happen with his um, boyhood club. But he just had, he just, you know, he never got too ahead of himself and he never got too low either. And I think we need somebody like that. I, I, I do still think that we've got players that could, Sort of be born into that sort of role, I think um, Grant Hall, Sam Morsey, but I do think we just need someone that is maybe a little bit experienced, a little bit. um well, I suppose those two players are, are experienced as well, but we need more experience. And I think we need again, we just need leadership.
1: Yeah, you don't you don't have to be experienced to be a good leader. You know, Ben it's,
2: Gibson uh, was an example of that. You all Right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I think you don't you don't need. Uh, is to be fully experienced. I think if you're good enough, you can show the qualities uh, which a good lead, a leader has. And that's so you can you can have many leaders. And I said it on the last podcast, you can have someone who gives you eight or nine out of ten every single week. That is a, someone who's a performing leader. You can have someone in the change room who gets the lads uh, like up for it. Like someone who's more vocal, and then you could have someone who is just like more of like a connector. Where. They have a really good emotional intelligence and they're able to get the best out of everyone by adapting their personality towards them. And I think that, do Borah have that? I don't know. I, I physically don't know. I think Neil Warnock has a specific style of getting the best out of the players. It'd be very interesting to see what he does in the next couple of days where he's chatting to all the players individually. It'd be interesting how he how approaches that, what players are going to have a future, what don't. Um, but in terms of that leadership, I, I don't know. Who is a leader? Maybe you've got, like, Grant Hall. You've probably got Housen, Morsey. Is that it? Dale Fry, maybe. Um, <laughs>
2: All right, sound. Uh,
1: what do
2: you... <laughs> you not know, remember when John Smogin' got the I ones? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> right,
1: sound cheers, Gaffer. Um,
2: Went over your head there John, uh, didn't it?
1: I know it did but I'm like I'm thinking like if so if I know we're live on Red Army's Facebook page now, also if anyone can think of leaders apart from the the three or four I've just mentioned chuck them in the comments because I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm struggling
2: <laughs> well, I think it's because we've got quite we've got some quite young players that are, are quite quiet you know um Dyke Steele for an example I think he's a very just a very quiet you have a common influence yeah, it's true, but I do think we need a. I do think we need a, a, a shouter, a, a gobshite, a, a maniac, a psycho. I think we need someone that can just. I'm
1: gonna say it. I'm well, gonna say it. Leak out a multiplayer.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I agree. I think that. Uh, Hard to find, I guess. Um, I do agree. I don't think they necessarily need to be experienced, but we also do need experience, so kill two birds with one stone with that. But, yeah, I think we do need, we need experience, we need leadership, and I yeah. don't know, you, you might see Paddy McNair step up next season.
1: Yeah, well, Luke's just commented on, on, on the feed and said Paddy McNair is, is, is a leader as well, so we could have that. He did, he's actually the only Borough player that played all 46 games
0: this year as well, so... Mm-hmm. Not Some that, considering he was playing for, for Ireland every other mm. week as well. Um, sorry, Northern Ireland, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Northern, Northern Ireland. Ireland. Um, I was going to say, <laughs> one um, one position I think we, we could have a... We don't have a leader currently in, but I'd like to see us have a leader there next season, his goalkeeper. We've spoken about it before, um, in terms of like an experienced keeper, organising the defence. I don't think Bettinelli did that, um, and I... I thought Archer was starting to to do it, but we we've seen some unfortunate uh, defending mishaps in, in the last couple of uh, the last few games, really. So maybe we need someone a little bit stronger uh, in in terms of a personality in, in goal as well. Um, but you, you know, at that point, you're, you're looking for someone like a, a Demi or Schwarz or Shea Given, it's just someone experienced who can tell everyone where they need to be and kind of organise that defence a lot better than. It has been organised this season. Yeah, I mean, using your voice the best power you can you can have on a football pitch. But it was
1: interesting you say like the last few games, Tom, and it, it leads quite nicely to to the, the post Christmas slump and, and 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 the signs in the January window. So in the 2021 season Bora in the top half of the table for 38 consecutive weeks from game week 8 to 46 with an average league position of 9th however there was a slight change in results um, from the first 23 games to last so the first 23 games Bora won 10 drawn 6 uh, drawn 6 lost 6 Scored 28 goals and conceded 21 and um, with 36 points uh, made. And then from 24 to 46, Borough had won 8, drawn 4, lost 12. Um, scored 27, so one worse off. But then look at this, uh, 32 goals conceded um, and 26 points gained. Uh, Borough was 7th after the win against Wickham in the January. Um, and we did bring in the signings of Cabano, Balassi, Mendes, Lang at that time, before the, this so-called slump happened dinner. Um, did you expect Borough to kick on in getting the playoffs? I mean, given those signs were quite exciting, it seemed to be a very, very good window for Borough.
2: Yeah, I did and I still <laughs> I still can't put my hand on uh, put my finger on why Borough have slumped. I think there's a, a multitude of potential reasons. I know that a couple of players got COVID. I think in maybe December, January that could have taken a lot out of them. I think maybe a lack of a proper pre-season, potentially or a proper break um, going into pre-season could have been uh, a factor as well, but also injuries because um, there's I don't, there's a stat. Our most important players statistically are still Tav and Fry. Um, in terms of points per match and Yeah,
1: it's about one point five nine, isn't it? I think you can throw yeah. Morsey in the mixer as well. Um I think he's on one point five six, I think.
2: Yeah, Dyke's still in Tav one point five nine and Fry one point five six. So <clears throat> you know, important players there that've that have been missing. And I think flat. Fly, uh, fly. <laughs>
1: Dale Fly
2: not this again (laughs) Fry's influence on the defence has been really important this season and he's been missed Tav's been missed Dice still has been missed as well he's really come into his own under Neil Warnock so that's had an impact as well and I think maybe Neil Warnock has had too many options, Dawn. Too many.
1: There it is. <laughs> there it is. Ball breakdown. Bingo. <laughs> Get your pens out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was always going to happen, wasn't it? But yeah, I think he. I think he has had maybe too many, and it's diverted him away from like that three-five-two to accommodate yeah. like Subalessi so and Cabano, and and them two have been good. I've been really impressed with them too. Unfortunately for Mendes, like he hasn't. We haven't really seen much of him, have we?
1: Yeah, he's got a lovely chip, and then.
2: That, that, yeah,
1: disappeared <laughs> yeah. In, a, in a thin air. Um, but, yeah, in terms of the, the signings Cabano, Balassi, Tom, how would would you like to keep any of them for next year? Uh,
0: yeah, well, ideally, you'd want to keep both of them. But, like I say, I, I don't <laughs> think there's any chance we're keeping Cabano, especially if Fulham go down. Um, Balassi, free transfer, you could potentially make that work.
1: Oh, Yannick, come on.
0: Yeah, <laughs> are you listening? <laughs> I, know, I know you're listening, Yannick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please do. Please do. <laughs> um yeah, you you'd maybe uh you would want to keep both of them ideally but on the Yannick's probably the more realistic of the two. You'd maybe even want to keep Mendes lang. Um you know, if, if he can get a, a full season out of him playing you know back to his best if he can have a proper pre season. He, he he could uh he could be pretty important for us. Um but yeah the they'd Looking at them on paper, you'd ideally want to keep all of them, but mm. there's only, there's some who are more realistic than others, though Yeah, I think yeah, I think you're absolutely spot on. There's obviously there's going to be
1: links to it, and we'll come onto it a little bit later on with the questions. Um, but Boris Farm never picked up, even with those signings coming in. We all thought at that end of that training window, I was like, "Ooh, you never know playoffs <laughs> potentially." Even though we only been it twice for the whole season. Everyone was saying me, "Oh, Johnny, you're going to get a tattoo, aren't you? Because we're going to be in the playoff places, we're going to get promoted." And I was like, "Yeah, well, actually, I feel a little bit worried now because of the signings. You thought, "Hey, you know what, but I've done some done something very, very good here, but appreciate that it wasn't a huge drop off, and I appreciate that a lot of fans are saying it was a it was a massive drop off. We slumped. We kind of like started over the line. That the attitude hasn't been right since Christmas. And to be fair, the you know the results." We I appreciate we are ten points worse off than we were at the start of the season, but why why do you think that is? Jen? Do you think it was injuries? Do you think Borough got found out? Do you think that one it was not getting the most out of the players? Why why do you think we we kind of stuttered over the line in the end?
2: Um, I think like I said, I think it's a mix. I'll also throw in I, I say the injuries to to Tav, uh, Fry and Dyke Steel, but you've got to try and get the best out of the alternatives as well, and I don't think that that's quite been achieved. So, I don't know. It's I'd love to know what people think is the main reason. I think, for me, the main reason, I think it is the injuries, to be fair, but then, like I said, you could easily say that Warnock hasn't got the best out of the alternatives um, and the alternative group. Um but yeah, it's it's unfortunate because I think January. You look at that window and you think, right, we we look good and we were going into it thinking, right, we're going to kick on now and we never did. And um, I think there's a multitude of factors to it, definitely.
1: Yeah, there absolutely is. Um, and to be fair, we I think it, it wasn't a it wasn't a significant drop. I just think that Borough pretty much leveled out to what we expect them to be. I think Neil Wong did a great job this year to get us to mid-table from, from where we were in the previous season. Um, I think that he's brought the best out of a, a, a fair few players. I think he deserves a lot of Credit for bringing the best out of Baller, dyke Steele, McNight, uh, McNa- McNair. <laughs> What's um, going on with us? Are we drunk? <laughs> well, to be fair, I did have a big night last night, so it was. Uh, yeah, you went for a swift one. Uh, I went so for a swift one, turned to a swift five and swift six, and then the next thing I know, I'm playing B upon them, and I've came home with Chopred. Um, so <laughs> true story. <laughs> yeah, true story. Uh, so it's um, I kind of lost my point now. <laughs> I lost my point. Um, but what I was gonna say is that he's bringing the best out of certain players. Um, and the reason why he's being the best, but he's able on motivate him to some extent. I think he deserves a lot of credit for what he's done to get us to mid table. And mid table is pretty much where we should have been anywhere this season. I think it's just because that we we were like thirty eight weeks consecutively in the top ten. I think it's always going to like go, oh what if what if we could we're only like three points off here we're only like you know we just need to beat so and so. And when you look at the the season, probably like the last five or six games. Like maybe seven or eight games um we were actually parallel for we're pretty much on track from hitting the, hitting the exact same numbers than we were um at the start of the season to or the end of the season and it's like those last seven or eight games where we're playing like the the better teams or the teams in and around us it's where we massively dropped off and then not just significantly dropped off like we just didn't show up and that kind of it pretty much proved that we weren't good enough, and I think that's why we had that slump towards the end of the season. It's why fans get frustrated. But I think the fa- I think the players were just like, "Oh well, these are better than us." Like it's, we're not gonna we're not gonna get playoffs this season. And then when your manager's saying we're not gonna get playoffs this season and being very vocal about it, it's gonna have a domino effect. But in terms of the influential players, and I've already mentioned them there, like Tav, Dykes, still Fry, um, Marzi as well with that average one point five nine per game. Um, it is pretty much a nucleus, isn't it, Dan? That's for, for Bora to, to kick on next season and you can build a team around them.
2: Yeah, and I think it, it's a decent nucleus as well. I mean, I, I like Morsi, I like Hall as well. I think he's been a, a good sign in. We just need to build on it. I'm I'm interested to know where Warner will put Paddy McNair next season because...
1: <laughs> Up for sale. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, yeah. I was thinking earlier on in the campaign, he's better in defence. But I do think he's better in defence in a back three. But in a back four, I think he needs to be put in midfield. And I do think... His second half of the season has gone under the radar a little bit. I think he's been poor the second half of the season. I've got a full list here of mistakes that have been made in the games. And a lot of them, McNair has had a part to play in it, Um, getting caught wrong side at Sheffield Wednesday, Um, Bristol City McNair stepping out, leaving Fry exposed. I know that it's incredibly harsh because he has had a good season overall, but the question has to be called of next season, where does he play? If we play with a four-man mid uh, four-man defense, I think he needs to be played midfield for me. But if it's a three, I would play him in in that three.
1: Yeah, I think he's better in a three as well. I think that when you when you do play a three, you can rotate your center halves um, to, want to go for to, to play out. Really, I think when you've got the likes of Fry and you've got the likes of McNair, you've got two good ball-playing center halves there, mm-hmm. and you can you can really allow them going to midfield, appreciate Fry doesn't probably have the pace that McNair does, but, you know, they're both technically very, very good. So and can Grant create, Hall is as Grant well. Hall. So they can, they can create chances through the midfield and play through teams like we did at the start of the season. and I thought it was more beneficial. But there's a couple of uh, comments there from when we were on about the, the, the slump and then people were saying that Leon said uh, a goalkeeper with arms would have helped us <laughs> a lot this season. Um, Luke's saying that we sold our best, keep, uh, best goalkeeper in Ainsley Pairs, which... I'm not gonna lie. Look, I disagree. Um, and Leon against, uh They said what pairs there as well. Um, but basically, people saying that we're just not good enough, and the, the the goalkeepers were were to blame really for for the the slump. And I mean, you, you can't really blame them with some of the clangers that we've dropped. And in, in the goalkeeping stats of, of Betanelli and Archer, that haven't really been too impressive. Um, but going forward, Tom, our goals uh, goal contributions this year. George Savile was our top player with 10, and um, with 6 goals and f- uh, 4 assists. Watmore had 9 goals and 1 assist. Paddy had 9 uh, with 2 goals and 7 assists. Neymar had 8 uh, with 3 and 5. And then Tav and Tuba both had 7, uh, 3 and 4 and 5 and 2. Um, I feel like we should chat about, chat about George Savile a little bit because he's someone that's been under the radar. He's someone that hasn't really been getting all the headlines at all. Um, do you think he's had a, a very good season
0: this year under Neil One? That's average, to be fair, but I, f- I think you could say that for for quite a few players in, in the team. Um, obviously, you, you say there he's went under the radar and he has had the uh, the most goal contributions. But looking at that list, it's not really hard to to get to the top. Um, True. <clears throat> I mean, when when we signed him, you know, and we going from from Millwall. I was questioning, then kind of. What what kind of player seven million. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was I was wondering what he was going to bring to to the centre midfield because you know we, we've been I want to say spoiling centre midfield in, in recent years, but that's like discounting uh peerless era, Woodgate era, etc. Um lo- looking back at like when we've had like Ledbitter and Clayton, they've maybe set a high standard for for centre midfield, even for sure and, and Duran when when we had them. Um so it, it it was wondering what what kind of player would actually sign with him. I'm still kind of wondering now. Like he just seems like I don't want to say average midfielder, but don't nothing. Nothing really stands out about him uh, for me in centre midfield. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being six or seven out of ten every
1: week. Is there? Well,
0: yeah, but when you're in a midfield where it's kind of a very similar style of player across the three. You do need someone who's gonna it was gonna stand out, and yeah, it's it's just kind of seeing what exactly the three of them bring to the team. Yeah. Um, not to say they bring nothing or anything, but you you need someone to stand out and and be able to link up the midfield to to the strikers, which I think, other than Tav, not many of them actually do.
1: Yeah. So you're saying you're saying that poor needs some diversity in the midfield next yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's absolutely. Yeah. I think when when you look at the likes of Saville. Um I think he he's a very tidy player I think he's he, he does bring a lot to the to the table in terms of connecting the midfield to the defense but it's just that that little bit a little bit more quality i feel that like you need and but to be fair i've I've been happy with George Savile this year. I think that's, he was one of my players to watch this year. I yeah, think I, yeah. I, I did say so. Surprise package, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm gonna defend him here, Tom. I'm gonna <laughs> say that George Saddle is the best thing since sliced Lays- <laughs> 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 uh, uh, But no, I think I think he had a good season. But I, I absolutely see your point in terms of we we do need that we we do need that additional quality. We just need that that number ten. That number yeah. ten. You've got Tav there, and I think Tav is probably a, a better wide player than probably what. Uh, more of a central player. And I think that if we have that if we have that number 10 maybe next year, maybe put someone in that number 10 role. You He did play there for for Millwall, and that's where we got the best out of him. We haven't played him in the number 10 since. <laughs> so, <laughs> so maybe that's probably a role that we should potentially look at. Um, but let's move on to questions. Uh, we've got a, fa- uh, a fair few to go through. Um, we'll start off with Marcus, and he's at the Borough Pessimist. Um, and he says... Who would you be sad to lose from the team that played on Saturday? For me, it was none of them. So, Daniel, uh, any players that you'd you'd be sad to miss?
2: I'd say Hall, McNair, Balassi. Um, I forgot. I'm forgetting the team now. What more? Probably okay. them.
1: I mean, to be fair, and I'm not going to lie, it was a game that you could easily forget in the happy, isn't it? So (laughs) uh, (laughs) I won't blame you on that one. Um, But next question is from Ben Strickland. He says, Is there any point in having this coaching staff for one more season if we are to finish mid table? Tom, do you want to take it? Is there any point?
0: Well, definitely not if we're going to finish mid table, but that's obviously not what the aim is for for next year. Um, You know, Barnock's a manager who's got, what, 12 promotions under his belt, Mm -hmm. and he's looking. to to mount a challenge for for next season I think a lot of people are kind of disappointed with this season because we've always come close to the playoff places and then dropped off and then come close and then dropped off again but we were all saying at the end of last season you know top half or or mid table would be a massive improvement on on last year and we'd all take it and it's exactly what we've got we we said a few podcasts ago what would be like an on-par performance for for this season I think this is it and you know, he's done a good job to, to get us here, and then it's just time to push on next season. Obviously, if we finish mid-table next season is a bit of a failure. Um, but Um It's interesting. I, I think if, he, uh, if he's been given assurances that he can sign the players he wants for next year and build the team he wants, you know, there's no reason why we can't be challenging. So uh, I'd say that do you, do you absolutely think, keep him next season. Do you think it's an actual failure if we do finish mid-table next year? Yeah. Why? Right. Um, well, he's he's making noises now, saying he he wants to to mount a promotion challenge next season. He's saying he wants to sign eight or nine players. If we do go go ahead and sign eight or nine players for next season, then we we'll look. You know, we we've got the expectation there. Uh, if we do sign them, that okay, this is Warnock's team now. He's got exactly what he needs to take us to to the promotion challenge, at very least playoffs. If we finish mid table next season, then yeah, I'd say that is a failure.
1: Interesting. Do you think he's a uh, he's doing a bit of a give there then saying he wants to smash the league? Is it is he is he starting to like plant the seeds there? Is he trying to get expectations a little bit high? I appreciate from a marketing perspective, you don't want to go and say, "Well, we're aiming for mid-table this year, guys." So
0: buckle up. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, I was a bit cynical, thinking it might just be a season ticket drive, like. But
1: well, is this squad good enough?
0: I, I think right now, no,
1: and
2: with the teams that are coming down as well, that could potentially be challenging. I think it's going to be tough next season in the championship.
1: I mean, I know we we have our season uh, preview show obviously in, the, in in a few weeks' time, anyway, probably a couple months' time. But like right now, I'm mean, like, like one of the teams are coming down, and if they keep managers, if Jurcanevich goes to uh, Sheffield United as well, and see the teams are not going to go up as well. Ugh. Oh God! It's like I, I, pre- I appreciate it. it might be a failure if we don't get playoffs, but realistically,
0: is playoffs even? like gonna happen <laughs> i think with the current squad no but like i say if he if he gets the players he wants and you know he's got no excuses for next season he's built yeah. the team he wants to to build for this promotion yeah. challenge then i'd say that is a failure
1: well junior hoyle on a free tom and we've we seen about it in the car and I, can't, I could not believe by the way he's only 30 i know he's been around since 2003 well, i mean he did
2: get stuck in that hole so i think his um his age just stopped didn't it for a bit in
1: that hole what yeah, you at remember QPR? when he
2: slid at QPR and he got stuck in that camera pit?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> He's so... <laughs> you say get some of those sharp breads down your journey.
1: I think so, yeah. I, I think I do. I'm looking at them now and I'm just thinking, oh, I, fan- I fancy a... a, a Safeway A, 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 aimate, a... <laughs> 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 This podcast is by sharp bread. <laughs> 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 Stolen from the shop. <laughs> Um, well, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't, I don't think it would be a decent sign, to be honest. You I mean, might prove me wrong, but for me, I, I think it's. Uh, I mean, well we
2: haven't been in it with him yet.
1: I mean, it's, it's he I am. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> back to you, Jeff. In the studio. <laughs> 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 well, to be fair, I wouldn't be surprised. And Sam Clucas on a free as well, and he <laughs> was in <Lincoln laughs> Borough last year, so he could be a sign in that. Uh, that Bora bring in and it leads quite nice on the next question from Patrick and he says do you think Warnock will be backed to get the 10 players he needs to improve on the 10th position uh, this year do you think he will be backed do you think he will get those 8 to 10 players that he, he, he wants
2: I think he'll be backed whether or not he'll get them is a different debate he <laughs> probably won't I mean we we saw how much of a struggle it was last season where I think it was just crickets really wasn't there for for a while until who was it that we, was it Bettinelli that we, I can't remember who we signed first.
0: Hall,
1: Hall I think. Oh was it, yeah. We, we signed Grant Hall after like a few days didn't we and then it just went.
2: Yeah then it went it, then it went dead and there was tumbleweed so I think it is going to be a, a struggle. There are some somewhat decent f- uh, free transfers, I think James Collins of, of Luton would be a, a decent signing um, just to throw one out there but yeah I think he'll be backed, whether or not he will get them is um, a different conversation.
1: Yeah, well, well, hey, you can't knock the recruitment team. You know, you can't, you can't knock him. Warnock's at the wheel now. He's, he said he knows them all. He knows exactly what he's going to do. He's going ident- to identify all of the players that we need. Um, you
2: wanted to sign Yaya Sanogo. So
1: hey, not, not, Warnock, <laughs> kn- Warnock knows best, so it, I can't really. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, but it, it, I don't know. It, it, it's interesting because if he does bring in the ten players that he wants, gives them deals. Like Tom said, if we get tenth position in, into so-called failure, then we're stuck with Neil Warnock players, and we have to move to the next project. And it leads quite nicely to the the, the next question from Charlie. He says, "Do you think the director of football will be introduced after Warnock leaves? Uh, do you think? And also, do you think the fans will help or hinder us next season? So, do you think after Warnock maybe does leave next year, do you think he's going to move upstairs um, where to, to where Gibson is and have that like that connect between the manager and the?
0: I don't know, maybe. I mean, we, we've talked about it for a few years. We talked about that when Poulis was manager, didn't we? And that didn't happen as well, probably, thankfully. But uh, <laughs> um, no, I, I can't see it happening. Um, not, not Warnock, anyway. Um, I think after this this job, I think he's done. I know he's been saying that for years, but I think after, after this one, if, if he can get us promoted and go out on a high, I think he, he probably would stay managers in the Premier League. But if if he doesn't, I reckon he's, he'd be done. Um Warlock moving up, Blackwell taking over. That's
2: what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. I think that might happen. Yeah, so... Yeah, it could happen.
1: Yeah, I, I think, well, not on our
0: track record, still would be Stewie Downing, who's next manager. Yeah, probably,
1: <laughs> well, admit that, you know what? You're not probably far off, to be honest, because we're probably due a manager with no experience again, so... Um we'll, we'll, see, we'll see how that goes. But do you think in terms of the, the fans, uh, Tom, do you think they'll help or hinder us next season?
0: I think. Do you think Warnock was a bit lucky that fans weren't there for like the last few games? Probably the last few games, yeah. I think um start of the season, it probably would have been quite a positive atmosphere, especially after uh, how he en- ended last season. I think he had uh, pretty, much, a roll, pretty yeah. much everyone behind him and everyone was horny for warning. Mm-hmm. But... Um, Last few games, yeah, I saw quite a few tweets yesterday which were saying the players like should be thankful that no fans are in the stadium against Wickham because they would have got some abuse for that. Um, Jeez. <laughs> Verbal or physical? <laughs> End of season pitch version for the wrong reasons. But, <laughs> but um, no, I, I think the, it, that whole... The atmosphere yesterday I don't think it would have been as bad, but remember when we went to Barnsley like right before COVID it and mm. that that was rough. You know, that guy was having a, a heated discussion with Just as he was walking off the pitch and stuff Ooh. like that. Like
2: Oakwell's always a bad place to go when you're not playing well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember what yeah. happened
0: with Mowbray as
1: well, oh, Mowbray, <laughs> was, Mow, Mowbray was sad. I, I think yeah. I, that was just a sad time that fans were getting frustrated. But with with Woodgate there we were like, Yeah, we were very very poor that day, yeah. wasn't it? And like the only highlight of the day was probably singing "Sweet Caroline," and then also starting engineer Neil's magic. magic in in the in that concourse place where, where was the it was a spot the sports centre place. Yeah, we sat down and it was just going off like twenty five minutes, and that was probably the highlight of our day. Apart from that, I, I, I can't remember a thing. I can only I think I can only remember like Raval Morrison just spraying a ball for thirty yards, and then that was about it. <laughs> Good times. The
0: highlight of my day was the Tyson Fury fight afterwards, like...
1: Oh, yeah, God, man, that's a massive throwback, yeah? I mean, sorry, Dana, we're just like, we are going on a massive yeah. tangent. You're, you're, you're sort of like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was... Aye, yeah. aye. Ah, yeah, aye, good job good, good there. I mean, uh, aye. <laughs> <laughs> that's what a massive giveaway for our next guest, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, we'll move on to the next question, uh, we'll, and it's from Phil. And he says, "If you're a free agent or a player with options on options down on the table, <laughs> um, what is it about Borough that? What was in the question? Um, what? Is what it? Nah, I no. it uh what <laughs> what is it about Borough that will persuade you to come? Uh, I don't think we're an attractive option, and even less so with Warnock in charge. So, if you're a player with options down, uh, would you like to come to Bora? Do you think Millsborough an attractive outfit?"
2: Not really. No, because, I mean, we do have a bit of a disadvantage because players seem to hate coming up north and the smoke and Satanic Hills. But I don't know. For certain players, I think, one, it will be a pull, but I think it will mainly be players that have played under him before, which is why I wouldn't be surprised to see Kadeem Harris, Junior Hoylet, Sign, other players as well. You know, Nathaniel Mendes-Lang has been brought in mean um, funnily enough, as I heard yesterday that Barry Bannon played under Warnock at Palace and didn't give him a chance. I think we can uh, rule that one out. I know he's a free agent, but um, I do think Warnock is a pull for certain players. But again, like I said last season on the preview podcast, we don't have a long-term plan. So is that a, an off-putting factor for players? I'm not so sure. It might be.
1: Mm, well, uh, another question we've got is this: is if you could sign only sign one player this summer, uh, which would it be? A target man, a midfield general, um, a strong centre half, or a dependable goalkeeper? Um, Tom, what would
0: out of the four What would you prefer? I mean, you'd probably have to pick a target man because we've got no one else there. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> the striker no. doesn't. Hey, you don't need a striker. Look at Man City; I
1: mm. don't play over striker.
0: I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll go with um, Sam Marcy up front. Um, <laughs> Hold the ball up, Morsi and Watmore as a front two. Um, yeah, I, I think ideally you need all of those. But uh, yeah, if you had to pick one at the moment based on our style of play, it'd probably have to be a target man. I'd go goalkeeper. Honestly, I think
1: I think we're desperate, we're absolutely desperate for a goalkeeper. I mean, I, I don't think Enzi Perez was 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 right, and I don't think you mean. I think maybe this season would have been a good chance for Enzi Perez to come in. He um, just needed time away, but. I mean like he's, he's went now and at the time when he came in under Woodgate, I didn't think he was good enough um to, to nail down that position for, for a prolonged period of time. Um I don't think Sol Brin's ready at all. I, I'd be very, very no disrespect to Sol, but I I d I can't see him in a Borough I can't see him as being a ball and Bolan goalkeeper. Um yeah. and it's not not his fault at all. Um We you, we don't say that with a lot of our youth keepers, though, Well don't. that's what I mean. That's that's what I was coming to. Like by Jason Steele, who wasn't really particularly great. Um, I can't really think of a goalkeeper that's actually stood out from
0: like who you know. Kids with the yeah, academy. I, I think they all have parallels with how they come through because they come through like and show Jones, they're, they're like a quite Turnbull. quite a decent shot stopper. You have Jones, Turnbull, Pears, Steele. Get people behind them, thinking this guy's reflexes are classic, and you know he's a decent shot stopper. But they don't communicate with the defense; they're not a commanding presence in the box. And long term, that that wears off, and you know they they have to be replaced with someone more experienced in the long run. Yeah, mm, uh,
1: you know, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, they have to get replaced, and that's why I mean with like Brain, like he need, he probably needs time away, and then when he comes back, who's bor- who's borough's keeper going to be? And as he nailed it down and. That's where it becomes really difficult for these type of players and they're coming through. I think goalkeeper's probably the hardest position to come, to come through at. And um, But yeah, I hope he proves me wrong. But you know, at this moment, I don't think I can see him in a Borough shirt. Um, so that's why I'm picking goalkeeper. Um, but one final question before I move into our, our Borough Breakdown Awards. And uh, it's from Paul Mackie. says, why is Warnock reluctant to give the kids a chance when we had nothing to play for? And is this the sign he will go for more seniors, senior pros next season like Karanka used to? Uh Dana, you know I mean there the was that little rumour from uh on on Talk Sport that Borough would he would get a bonus if Mills were finished top ten. So
2: <laughs> What he would. Uh well, yeah. Um, well I don't know, I mean it was it was a bit of a shame to see the under twenty threes lose and the under eighteens lose because we pulled players out of those squads to give them two minutes. Um which was a bit of a shame and uh, Jack Robertson and, and Hayden Hackney came on, obviously. Um towards the end, Mali, <clears throat> did Colburn come on?
0: Yeah, he got a little yeah, he bit did, of not he? Than <clears> throat>
2: throat> I think by that point I was watching Chevron, <laughs> to be honest. But um I do think he'll go with, with senior pros, but much depends on the transfer window because if he doesn't bring in enough players and we do have a lack of depth, then he's probably going to have to integrate the young players. But um, I think there's, there might be a certain reluctance to, to play these young players because they might not be ready. They might need a loan spell. Um, and you know what Borough fans can be like with young players where we, we build them up to bring them right back down to to earth so I don't know I mean I would like to see more players play next season I'd like to serve Mally Cobb well I said got to go out on loan but you know Mally um, Hackney maybe stay in the in the under 23s and get a couple of games but I don't know I mean he's he's played a, a few this season I I feel like he will go for senior pros because he needs the experience
1: yeah, uh, I think I think you will as well. So let's move on. Um, let's talk about our overall season season opinions. And then we'll go on to the Borough breakdown awards, which is my favorite part of the show. And um, so start of the season predictions. We pretty much m- it may- we all had our. Different- and I appreciate you're gonna have to be Elliot for this. Um, so sorry <laughs> for something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> get a bottle of red wine. <laughs> um, but start of season predictions. Do you think Borough achieved what you set out for them, Dylan?
2: Well, I said mid table, but I also said, and this is. To quote myself, um, I want to look back at the end of the season and know that we've taken significant steps forward as a team. And have we? I don't think we have. Why? I think we've taken more of a diagonal rather than a step forward. Even Maybe maybe even a slight sidestep. That's why I say diagonal because I don't think we haven't moved or progressed at all. I think there's been certain players that have really come into their own this season. The nucleus of the team, like you said, is good and can be built on. But... We still can't score goals. Yes, we have conceded a lot less than last season, but that's not to say that the defence cover themselves in glory this season because they've conceded some incredibly sloppy goals. Um, we still don't have uh, a lot of leaders in the team and the goalkeeping situation hasn't been sorted. So that's why I say I don't think we've taken significant steps forward. Um, we haven't gone backwards, but I, I don't think that we've progressed as much as I wanted us to or I hoped we would
1: okay yeah no i agree with you on that one i agree with you. i think we haven't we we haven't made significant steps but i do think we've made positive steps um in the right direction i think this year was always going to be some sort of transitional period i, I don't think we're it, always in a transitional period i mean transitional period since <laughs> 2007 um, oh, I thought you were
2: going to say 2003. No, that was well, very we, disappointed.
1: Hey, we, we were going, we, we, we were thriving in 2003, Dana. Thriving.
2: No, I wasn't born.
0: Uh, oh yeah, you weren't born. Jeremy pinging free kicks into the top corner.
2: Oh like.
1: yeah, mate. Those were the days. Remember going to uh, like you know Ellen Rhodes where we Janino going up to screamer and then that Jeremy chip as well, wasn't it? And then uh, you know Carlin Corp European tour. God, those were the days, Tom. Those were the days. Take me back. Take me back. The good old days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, Tom. Your season predictions do you think were achieved, what you set out for them to achieve?
0: Yeah, probably. Um I agree with what what Dana just said. I was thinking about it there. I think we've we've taken positive steps forward in some areas, but some areas we probably went backwards. Um and that, that that's not from signing the wrong players necessarily. It, it you know, it's down to a multitude of reasons. I think you know, striker. We've went backwards because of obviously the the attitude of of the players that have left. Probably, um, you know, not wanting to to play from like January onwards. Goalkeeper. I said so we went backwards, but then we've had positive steps forward in, in other areas. Like, you know, Ball, Dike, Fry, midfield um, as well. Midfield have
2: more goals. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. you know, Tav's, Tav's played well when when he's <laughs> been in. Um, so I don't think we're like well, we're probably eight or nine players off next season, like, like Warnock said, but um, that's m- mainly kind of depth, having having those options to kind of rotate. And, you know, if we do get injuries, like we've had second half of this season to actually have some decent options to bring in. Um, also, I didn't say Dawn there. Uh, <laughs> I was <laughs> you, thinking You were going, going to. I was thinking that. I didn't think of it. Oh, too slow. But, um yeah. We, I'd say we've moved forward in some areas this season, just backwards in others. So it needs to be kind of a, a full push forward on for for next season.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's, it's very easy to say that we've we've went back in in certain parts. I think I agree with you. There's certain positions which have probably regressed rather than, than progressed. than I think my prediction at the start of the year was mid-table. I would be I would say I would be very very surprised if we got anywhere near the playoffs, and that's why I put the the tattoo bet because I. just didn't have a, a chance in hell that we were going to get promoted and um, I think I also said that I want Millsborough to be the hardest working team and the hardest working team in the in the, <laughs> in, in the league they're a great set of lads <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry man the Tony Peel just came out and just just um, <laughs> Well, yeah, I just want us to be a really hard-working side, horrible to play against, and, and to be fair, we did that at time at the start of the season. I thought, yeah, you know, we're picking up points here. We're gonna probably finish about mid-table, and we look relatively safe. And I didn't want us to worry about getting relegated at all this year, and I hope and I was hoping that was just a blip, and I think it is. Uh, I think Warnock has done a, a reasonable job in terms of uh, turning us around slightly, made made us more difficult to beat. I think there's been some good moments this year. I think that it's been relatively okay and throughout, i, I always thought mid would be would be perfect for us um i just think that w- the way we're positioning everything now is that we s- we were so close to hitting that playoff spot yeah it's why fans get frustrated it's because they've had that that, that little that little glimmer of of hope um and it's just been banished in the way like we've like approached the last few games i think that's why people are getting a bit of like bad taste in their mouth um but if you look across the whole season I think it's been relatively positive. I think we've improved, um, but next year is where we have to, like you saying earlier, Tom, I think we do have to to kick on now. I think if if, if he's serious about wanting to get promotion and whether it's actually achievable, then we have to really kick on. We have to have a fantastic summer um, to be in and around the playoffs next year because if we have an average summer or anything less than that, we'll win mid-table and that's where my prediction will probably be but in terms of Neil Warnock he is happy for one more year are he, you still horny for Warnock the pair is. Oh, anyone no so I guess I'll take that as a no um, <laughs> no yeah I, I'm, I'm happy
0: with uh, with Warnock for another you, year are just just happy for Warnock no? yeah yeah I'm <laughs> mediocre for, for Warnock like 5 out of 10 for Warnock but uh, yeah I, I think like I said earlier, he's got the record number of promotions under his belt. If he's seriously aiming for for promotion next year, I reckon we'll we'll get close to it. Um, you know, providing he gets everyone he wants in the summer. There's obviously no excuses. It's gonna be his team next year. What's um, his
2: team this year, really? In here. <laughs> A lot of it, but yeah,
0: yeah. I, I suppose. J- j- during last summer, he didn't get every player that that he mm. wanted. There were still some excuses there. I think that we missed out on some top targets, and yeah. you know, finances did all those back a bit. So, I, I reckon if if he is back during the summer, um, you know, brings in these eight or nine players, we've got the the depth options done. Um, <laughs>
2: there it is. <laughs>
0: then, uh, then yeah, I, I'm happy for him to stay another year and challenge for it. Yeah, um
1: a couple of comments before I come to your opinion, Dan uh Peter said that if, if he if uh if he would come, why don't we go for Frank Lampard if he doesn't stay? Um so I can't see Frank Lampard coming. Didn't
2: up. I call Jason Tindall the Frank Lampard of the championship because he's out of his depth.
1: You know what I think... Mind I, you, that was in the context I, I of being a Chelsea think, manager. I personally think that the Frank Lampard was... A, 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 I think you disrespected Frank Lampard there.
2: No, it was <laughs> It was in the Premier League that I said he was out of his depth because I think he was. I don't think he was ready for that Chelsea job whatsoever.
1: I think he deserves a lot of respect for what he did, you know. I do. I thought he, he did a cracking job. A cracking job at Chelsea. Um, but yeah, it's... Um, yeah. In terms of Warnock... Are you happy one more year? Are you all right for Warnie? Are you not happy for Warnie? Are you, I don't know. I can't think of any more words.
2: <laughs> I wouldn't say, I don't think happy is the right word because personally I don't really enjoy the style of play that his teams have. Um, but it is what it is, isn't it? I kind of have to put up with it because he's the manager for next season. So we'll see how it goes.
1: Yeah, uh, you don't sound overly pleased. <laughs>
2: well, you know, I, I'm I'm just like you. Like I said, I want to see perve- uh, possession based teams. And I, I said in the car every time I see a long ball pointed forward, I die a little bit inside because I think Tony Pulis has scarred me. So <laughs> yeah, but if you think about yeah. that,
1: though, like if you think of the managers we probably we've had as as, as of late, Pulis, Warnock, like. Um, and obviously, you probably get as well, where we we played a lot of counter attacking st- uh, style, but it wasn't really a long ball. But we Middlesbrough have played a defensive style of football for many, many years. There's only mm. really that three year period under Cranker where
0: we haven't really. Oh, uh, and maybe we were a, more defensive, a little bit. Um, we were
2: defensive under Cranker, though, weren't we?
0: I mean, I, I, think I, I don't, we got all defensive a lot, but it was I, I solid at the back and possession point.
1: Yeah, I can't see being defensive when you hold like sixty, seventy percent of the ball. Do you know what I mean? I, I mm-hmm. can't see that. I feel like you're, you're controlling, you're just being patient with it. I don't think that's defensive. I just think that with that time, at that time, which is the opposite to what this Borussia team is, where we'll get the ball, and we'll we'll hit it hopefully in the channels, and we'll try and get the ball. Bo- we'll probably reset and then we'll go again. and We'll try and break with pace. I think with Karangi, it was just get the ball, wait, just play it around. That's why I, I really like Adam Farshaw at times time is because he was just able to just, like, connect the dots at times. Mm. And um, I think that with, with him, it was just wait until the, o- the opening is. Teams aren't going to be so solid for 90 minutes, hence why it kind of works at times. Yeah. I appreciate it didn't work at Birmingham because really, you never had the players fully behind him, to be honest three really. When you've got like Harley Dean there, and who's... who's Openly slagged her off for like three or four seasons, and then you become the manager, and he's probably sl- he's probably slagged him off. With.
2: Did did Karanka <laughs> get rid of um, the Duke, Djukovic?
1: No, No, he's still there. He's still there.
2: No, I mean when he was oh, at, he when Djukovic was at Borough did was it Karanka that got rid of him? Because I can't I don't it, know what the timeline I think was. so. About, uh, was it. it? Was it?
1: Um, That's what was, I'm trying to think he s- signed for about a million, didn't he? Under, yeah. Marlborough. under Marlborough. he was only there for like a season or two. But at that time, though. Lukas Jukovic was only, what, 21, 22? He was very, very young, wasn't he? A very young
0: set of forward. I, I seem to remember we, we had like um, Curtis Mayne still on the team when Karanka took over. The glory days. So did. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel <laughs> like Jukovic might have still been there. I feel like Kai Kamara was there as well and he was. Kai kind of... Kamara, <laughs> Curtis
1: Mayne. Uh, well, was uh, was there? Yeah, Karriol, Lukas Jukovic. Uh, I, st- I feel
2: like Karanka did get rid of Mnez. Jukovic. Yeah. Emnez was there.
1: Project Emnes. Yeah, he was he was oh, there.
2: Jesus.
0: Yeah. And then we got red. Had that lethal uh, partnership with Emnes and Ledesma for some games <laughs> under under Caranga. The, the good
1: old glory. Danny Graham. Yeah, Danny Graham. The good the good old glory days, eh? The good old glory days. But in terms of one more year of Warnock, I'm happy with it. Got a good record. I'm probably not horny for Warney anymore. I'm kind of like mediocre for Warnock. I'm happy. But <laughs> if he gets if he if I think if he he has to start the season very well though. I think if if, if he starts the season poor and the way the bad taste is now with fans i think it's going to be a very very difficult job for him and then we'll come we'll have like a purist type not purist type revolt where people get in the bed sheets saying <laughs> this out but i mean <laughs> it, well it was yeah, uh, yeah. um so it's yeah i think he has to start the season very very well if he
0: doesn't could be a bit of a a 1-0 loss to saltash united incoming
1: yeah well there we go (laughs) um but let's do the borough breakdown awards my favorite part of the show um
0: so go guys who is your player of the season for me i'm going to say dill fry um purely because i know what some of the other categories are and the it was between two players for for this one but end of last season we were saying um you know, Dill Fry, is this the season for him to to kick on? And I said it could be the same as like what Karanka had with Ayala and Gibson, just need the right manager to get the best out of him. And I think he has kicked on. I think Warnock has got the best out of Dill Fry. I think it's a massive improvement on, on last year. And, uh, yeah, for me, he's, he's definitely up there.
1: Okay. Uh, Dale Fly for you then. Uh, <laughs> You're the
2: one that said that first. <laughs> I, <wasn't> I, <laughs> I said it many podcasts ago
1: <laughs> and it's, it's kept... It's, I'm just <laughs> Dale Fly.
2: Dale <laughs> Fly.
1: <laughs> um, How has that got two of us out now? Uh, Dana, who are you going Um for?
2: Tav, I think Tav for me. I think he's been key to us, and similarly with Fry. Um, when he's not been in the team, we've missed him. Mm. So th- there's no one else like Tav in our team, I don't think. So for me, I think he's he's our player, with my well my player of the year.
1: Interesting. I'm gonna go with. I'm stuck between three. Yeah, I'm stuck with Dykesdale, McNair, and Sam Morsey. Um I feel like Dice, the way Dysfield's been this year, I just think that he's and the way how poor how poor we are when he's not in the team, I feel like you can't like you can't go past him. I think don't get me wrong, I think Paddy McNair's had a fantastic season. He's played every minute, he's been influential for a lot of things. Um but I just think when, not, when he's not played, we've really missed him. So I'm going to go with Anthony Dykstiel as my player of the season. Well,
2: do you want to see what we said at the beginning of the season? It's, I, it's ice, decent for you. What? You, I think, you said Tav.
1: <laughs> I I think I said about Dykstiel that I he had to really perform this year, didn't I?
2: I can't remember. But you said Tav for player of the year. I said Ashley Fletcher. Elliot said Britt. So those two went incredibly well.
1: Oh, well, I'll take Tav. I'll take Tav any day of the week. Mm. Um, then we'll go for, should we go for, what, what have you got in your, in, did we say surprise player of the season? Should we go for surprise player of the season?
2: For the review? Or yeah, do you want for, me to we'll say? <laughs> let's zoom? do your
1: preview. For, let's, let's, <coughs> do, let's do what we said. Right. So, so <laughs> sorry, Tom, you're going to be Elliot for a second here.
2: Elliot said Sam Stubbs. <laughs>
1: I can't believe I said that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You said um, Savile slash Marcus Brown, and then I said Marcus Brown. You so know what? You've covered yourself in glory. Me and Elliot have not.
1: You know what? I think Marcus Brown would have been excellent this year if he didn't have the injuries. He looked really sharp yeah, and good at Mighty unlucky, wasn't he? he was, yeah, I only played like five, six games this year. I didn't even mm. got injured again, so I hope he has a really good season next year if he's, if he's able to break through again. Um, and then I had Georgie Savile as, as, uh, as my star and... Yeah, good old Georgie boy. Good old Georgie boy. Most goal contributions, there you go. Um, but
0: yeah, who was your surprise
1: player of the season then, Tom?
0: For me, I'd say Bowler. Okay. Um, I wasn't expecting him to to push on as as well as he has done this season. I remember seeing uh, some pretty bad games from him last season and thinking, what, who, have we, who have we signed here? Because he, he's rubbish but <laughs> <laughs> why have we decided to be rubbish <laughs> but uh no this year he, he's completely turned it around uh he's probably one of my uh you know favourite players to kind of see on the on the team sheet um especially after after a couple of years under um you know Peelous where we were playing centre backs at, at full back it's nice to like centre back and out front. and out full back now um and I think he's done really well this season and plus he's got a hell of a shot on him as well. He does. The, uh the Roberto Carlos of the team. The Roberto Carlos and <laughs> in, in, in Mark Baller. Dan, have you got a surprise player? I
2: would. I would agree with Tommy. I think Mark Baller's really um, stepped up. But th- there's other players that have as well. I think Fry. I've criticised him before, but he's been one of our best performers this season. Uh, Dyke still as well. There's a few, in, to be fair. But actually, I'm going to change it. I'm going to go Watmore. Okay. Because I did not expect Watmore to hit the ground running like he has, and I think he's got the most I think he's the most technical, well, statistically the most clinical in terms of his shots. Um, and goal conversion, so uh, yeah, I, th- I, w- I would go Duncan. What more?
1: what more? What more could you want? What more could you want? We've got Mark. Well, I'm gonna go with Paddy McNair as my surprise of the season. Um, I didn't expect him to be so good at centre half, um, and, mm. and the way that he's he's been able to create chances from there. And I think it's a shame that we we reverted back to a four because um, I yeah. feel like it hindered him quite a bit. But when we were playing that three, and he was able to creep into the midfield and create chances, I just thought he was absolutely brilliant. And you know, playing what every single minute of the season, pretty much this year, and I think he's been fantastic. Um, so he's been my surprise player. Um, I didn't cause I just didn't expect him to be so good at centre half. He's a jack of all trades, is Paddy Nuckner. Um, and then we'll go for signing of the season. So, who do you think Boras' best sign
0: has been this year? For me, this was Watmore, and he was the other player uh, alongside Del Fry for me. For um player of the season. Um like dinner, I didn't expect too much of him when, when he did sign. Um I thought he'd be a good option to have out wide. Um I just didn't think he was gonna have the impact that he did. Um but yeah, like I said earlier when he was channeling his a Messi against uh, Huddersfield mm-hmm. um yeah. that, that goal was immense and I, I think he's played great this season. So yeah. for me definitely time of the season. Uh okay sign the same Dana.
2: Yeah I would give that to Watmore as well. Um I think he's been he's been fantastic and always gives a hundred percent. You know he's he's one of those runners. I think he was nicknamed the road runner at Sunderland. And you can see why. So I, yeah, I would say I would say Dunk on one for that one as well.
1: Hat trick for Big Dunk. I'm, I'm going for what more as well. I think he's to get him on a three. And in the way he's played this year and the, the amount of effort he puts in each game yeah absolutely silent season but i do want to give a notable mention to sam morsey mm. fantastic i'm i'm all aboard the the sam morsey train by the way i'm i'm on board i'm the driver i am I'm, <laughs> I'm i'm ta- he's taking us off i'm telling you <laughs> um <laughs> we're not like in talk about captains and stuff for next year like why not sam morsey why mm. not like he he is the the shit house uh of, of midfielders and i feel like I don't know. We just look so much better with him in the team. Yeah, uh, he's
2: a shit house, but he's also a very good player as well. He's, like, he's you know, he, he's got that aggression, but he's also a, a really good midfielder.
1: Yeah. All uh, so, if anyone wants to join me on the San mosey train, you yeah, you're, you're happy to join? Like, um, I'm the driver. All, all aboard! All aboard the San mosey train! Yeah, um, and then probably uh, I kind of want to give a shout out to Balassi a little bit because. Um, statistically, he was our most effective player in the second half of the season. Um, so, shout out to Balassi, and I'll buy her Korean chips if we, if you ever come back to Teesside side. Um, unless you want to do since you're best pals, we both will. Yeah, I mean, and all, and then even even Mozzie, even even like your tweet, you didn't? he? was saying that he was the best center, center defensive man in the world. Well, it's
2: just the truth, really, isn't it? We're better yeah. than Kante.
1: Yeah, I mean, who's Kante? You know what I mean? When you got Sam Marsey, all the, bod the all the all the Marzi trend. train. Um, the Mozzie Express. The Mozzie Express. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and what is your favorite moment of this season? We'll do a podcast. A favorite podcast one. But what has been your favorite moment of the of the season for Boro this year?
0: Uh, for me, and I'm going to sound like an idiot here because I can't remember the exact score, but when we played <laughs> Millwall at home, I can't remember if that was 3-0 three three nil nil or 4-1. 3-0. 3-0, right. Because for me, that, that was just a great day. It was. Um, I went round my uncle's to watch it. We watched the match. I had a few cans. Uh, a few tennis I <laughs> had a swift one. <laughs> it, I went for a swift one. <laughs> um, and then it was the Anthony Joshua fight afterwards. Uh, we had... Um, uh chinese curry and chips so what a night yeah what a night <laughs> so yeah that, that was it for me it's just uh probably the standout day of the season <laughs> <laughs> going for a swift one then having a chinese Look,
1: i mean the swift the swift one has to start we're gonna have to make it a thing now the swift one <laughs> it, it's becoming a thing uh what's your favorite moment
2: have we got a have you got one about favorite or best game this season Coming up.
1: Well, uh, yeah, that was going to be the next question, yeah. Oh,
2: because I don't want to sort of put the two together. Oh, I didn't think about this one. I'm such an idiot. I'm probably going to have to go with something that's recent because i got a memory like a sieve. so I'll probably say Josh Corburn's goal against Sheffield Wednesday because. Great moment. Yeah, at that point, it was probably the most I've celebrated goal in months because Boris' season sort of just, I mean, completely petered out, and I think my thoughts towards the season got a little bit hypothetic a bit. Um so I'd say yeah Josh Corbin's goal against Sheffield Wednesday that was a good moment for him and it was great to see the celebrations as well with him.
1: Okay, I'm going to go with Marcus Brown's header against Bournemouth. Um Ooh, right yeah. But yeah. the only time in the season we've had fans in there I think it was just a appreciate sure 1-0 no down and uh for him to to score a header but then also, you know, he, he's on his on the comeback trail and I was like ah here we go. And Max Brown's gonna Max Brown's gonna be a passenger on the Mardy Express, and we're gonna go for it. And uh, um, but yeah, I think that, that was my moment of the season. I think I thought it was a it was a it was a cracking moment for him. Um, but then we'll go on to the best game of the season. So who's we'll to go first, Tom you know, Yeah, I know. mean
0: this was going to be the the Millwall game as well. So I'll go for a slightly different one and say four uh, one win over uh Birmingham at St Andrews, mm-hmm. um, casual wingy banger. Yeah, uh, no, it was it was great game. I had a tweet going viral uh, shortly afterwards. You did, so. yeah,
1: you did, you did. See, <laughs> yeah,
0: stand up, stand oh, up. Was, that
2: the, was that the wrestling one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, good tweet. Love the tweet. wrestling meme. <laughs> does Tom?
1: Yeah, you do, don't you? But yeah, great performance. I think I'm gonna probably echo that. But dinner?
2: Yeah. Oh, that's an easy choice. That one. Um I'm gonna go for Bristol City away because at that point. That was at that point the best. Well, I still think that's the best uh, display of the season because I love those games where we have to really dig in deep, and um, we really exploited Bristol City at the back. And I think that was that was a game where I remember we did a live stream afterwards. I was buzzing, and I haven't really been buzzing about Borough. I was- the The, borough buzz I was buzzing the buzzing moments don't come around very often because I'm a miserable git but no I I think the Bristol City game but I think Nottingham Forest away Mm. as well and that was good to see Yuri Ribeiro get absolutely rattled by Brit Um, but yeah Birmingham as well, Millwall Millwall was a good half of a half it wasn't a good game as a whole well it wasn't the best game as a whole but the I think 30 minutes to the first half was probably the best football I've seen. But yeah, I'd, I'd probably go to the Bristol City game at uh, Ashton Gate.
1: Mm, I feel like the Wickham, uh, Wickham away was, uh, imagine Wickham almost my performance of <laughs> the season. Because the season ended. Because um, <laughs> you didn't watch it, you yeah, watching Derby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think performance of the season, the 4 1 to beat Cranker the way we did was, was quite nice. Um, even though, as much as I love Karanka, I think that it was it was good, good to get one over him. Uh, and again, that Bristol City one was a great performance. Wickham was a good one. Uh, I'm going to go to Party Birmingham. Yeah, I'll go to Birmingham performance of the season. I think the performance was excellent. And then after that, we shipped Lewis Wing on loan. Um, <laughs> shout out to Lewis Wing. Um,
2: <laughs> it's so random.
1: I know. And then, uh, shout out to Lewis shout Wing. Shout out to Lewis Wing. Honestly, if, if he relegated Derby yesterday, that would been amazing.
2: I'm so sad that never happened.
1: I know. My, Marlon Pack has just crossed off. I don't like yeah. him anymore. I
0: was thinking yesterday, like, if, if he had done that and Rotherham stayed up, he's at least added another million or so onto his price tag if they're one of them. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, we'll be looking the we'll, last So that's one million he's going for, now.
1: <laughs> 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 I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <Bit harsh. laughs> I'm joking. Um, there'll be people that'll agree with me like, I'm, look, I'm, I'm waiting for the comments because we're a little <laughs> bit behind on on, uh, on the stream so we will not be <laughs> going on that um, but finally um, my favourite question of the world what is your favourite Borough breakdown moment of this season uh, Dana do you want to go first for this one
2: yeah I think hitting 100 episodes was um, a big milestone for us especially when you consider how it started in your bedroom with a blue snowball microphone yeah. um, you know we've we've come on leaps and bounds since then I think it's been great to be a part of it so hitting 100 episodes was was probably my highlight of the season that was this season wasn't it it was this it feels season, like last yeah. season and this it season was. Is, is fused together but yeah i think that's mine
0: yeah and then tom you're Pro- you I mean, yeah you probably complete my january transfer to the podcast to be honest remember yeah. uh getting the call i was in tesco's at the time yeah he said you fancy joining i was like i'll put me shopping down i'll be right there and he said well not for another couple of weeks so i'll put me shopping back up <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's, it's probably got to be that for me yeah, I think my highlight is probably Elliot Leaving. <laughs> joking Elliot, I'm joking.
1: I know you're listening. It's Jimmy Lee's highlighting. <laughs> 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 no, I love you, really, Elliot. Um but favourite moment, yeah. I think hundred episodes is great. You were joining Tom was great. I think sad, the sad moment was uh, Elliot Leaving as well. Um and I also I think I think the way the way we've been going for what two seasons now fully. Um probably like two full seasons now is just great. And the way we've grown in such a short space of time, especially when the football's been absolutely dire as well. We've started at the back end of Pulis, hadburg Gate, <laughs> and now Warnock. And people are still chewing in. I think that's it's it's uh, commendable and I think uh that being pretty much my most But I think hundred episodes was very, very sweet indeed and we're getting more ge- we're getting more guests on now and I think that's pretty cool, even though we've we've kind of grown it for like it was us was three and then we just wanna supplement a couple of guests here and there and I think that's been quite nice so yeah, um, Chant the Dino was pretty cool as well, uh, so we'll, we'll put those in. And then that's pretty much it, guys. Uh, so thank you very much uh, for joining me, and thank you for joining me for the whole season as well. And if you listen to us um, on the podcast apps, thank you very much for, for joining us throughout the season. We've really uh, enjoyed you guys engaging with us. But then also, if all goes to plan next week, uh, we have one more podcast with a guest coming out um and then we're going to take a very short break and um, while we're you know it's gonna put our feet up and relax we've got a couple of projects that are going to come out over the summer as well so hopefully uh, you'll be tuning into them as well but that's pretty much it guys thank you very much for tuning in with us um, but if you want to leave us a review on the podcast apps and you know, give us a tweet or a message or anything like that please do we'd love to engage you guys but for now this has been the Bora breakdown podcast and that was all your matchday chatter in a pod see you next season
0: Wants support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for That's Craig it.
2: Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track.
1: ball! Oh! coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Aveneli spots out.